0: if you lived in bannock in the late 1800s would you rather have been a child that attended school there or a freemason who attended meetings and took place in secret ceremonies upstairs
1: man i think the secret ceremonies i i want to know i want to know what they're up to up there
0: Welcome back to Winnie and Bill Chats podcast. Today's very special episode will feature Winnie and our daughter Lauren. You'll find out why. And of course, thank you to Anchor Podcast Platform. Enjoy episode 10. Do you believe in ghosts? Ghosts. hello hello all right we did it
1: oh my gosh didn't think we ever were going to
0: okay great so um this is the first time lauren that you have joined us on our winning bill chat podcast and i have to tell you that your father has gone to bed
1: he could not surprised
0: yeah he couldn't stay up this late to talk He has to go to bed. He has to go to work at two o'clock in the morning. And in Michigan, it's quarter to nine right now. And in Montana, where you are, Lauren, it is. Quarter to quarter to seven. Yeah. So coordinating a family talk is pretty tricky. So um, what I want to talk about with you today is that time that you took your dad and I on um, a little adventure in Montana to first of all to crystal park and then from there we went to bannock state park but let's talk about crystal park just for a second um (laughs) never made it there (laughs) never made it there why did you want to take us to the crystal park
1: oh it's so cool it's this park that's been designated by the state of montana um to be protected it's a geological area that's full of crystals i think specifically quartz crystals um they're everywhere there you can just find them laying on top of the ground practically so i thought it would be a really fun activity to do um little did i know that there would be snow blocking the road and what month it, what month was that it was I, like it was
0: springtime and i think it might have been april
1: April or May, but I was surprised.
0: I'm not sure. I don't think I looked up um, the elevation of Crystal. Maybe I did, of the Crystal Park. But I know that we had looked it up ahead of time. And um, it said that it wasn't open. But you assured us that it's not like (laughs) there's a gate. And it's not like there's somebody in a little ticket booth that's, you know, taking your money to go in that you could just walk in. No big deal. Mm. Well, I mean so, we could have walked in. Yeah, I thigh Well, it, it, it I'll have to look it up. Crystal, the Crystal Park I think is at a fair elevation because when you drive up there, we had to drive through some switchbacks, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I should know better to check elevation before going anywhere here that time of year. Someday <laughs> we'll
0: have to we'll have to go back. It was it was a, I really like that kind of thing and so does dad where you can you know, dig around in the ground and kind of try to find a treasure that's just laying there. Like, that is very intriguing. I think that we would have really enjoyed it had we been able to get there. We'll have to go if you come this summer. Well, the reason we weren't able to get there was um, that it wasn't open. And the reason it's not open that time of year is because as you get to higher elevation, obviously, there's going to be more snow and they don't plow up there. So, I mean, we were really hopeful. It was a beautiful day, you know, not even not even at that much of a lower elevation, but we drove all the way up there and all of a sudden we started to notice patches of snow in the middle of the road and you could tell that it was an area that didn't get plowed and before you knew it and what we were driving a rental car, which was probably four wheel drive but yeah. It did get there, to a yeah, point no. where <laughs> you just couldn't go any further. And I know you were just having such a fit because you felt like we could almost see it. Like it's almost we there, were there.
1: But... We were practically there. Yeah. Plus, I but was so a to, park to it... show you guys that place. Like it's really a cool place. It's not, you know, not every state has that going on.
0: I know I really do want to go there but if we had got out of the car and walked we would have been into snow up to our hips probably by the time we got there and then obviously you're not going to find crystals if they're covered with snow
1: no we found a marmot though didn't we all scream at a we, marmot? there was
0: a couple of marmots that were it was a sunny day so they were out on that like rocky jumbly rocky area and marmots I know people who live out there hate them but I find them fascinating
1: i love them i don't hate them cole does
0: well cole your husband because he works at a ski resort and marmots tunnel and dig and they make a mess out of like snow making um hoses and whatnot correct is that what the problem is
1: yeah they they like to chew on anything plastic yeah rubber i guess
0: yeah because that's what they find in nature i wonder why they're attracted to rubber and plastic I don't know. So strange. That is very strange. So the highlight of the day ended up being um, our next stop on our little adventure was to check out Bannock State Park, which Bannock State Park is a ghost town um, from a gold rush town that was uh, gold was discovered in Bannock in my research says 1862. And just like all of the other. Hot spots for gold it overnight became a little town and they you know the next thing you know they're building houses and they're building stores and they're building a bar and um and like also most ghost towns it was a flash in the pan it lasted for a few years and then it started to die out now people lived in bannock for quite some time but it became kind of an abandoned town fairly quickly however it's still there and there's I think over 60 structures that still stand in Bannock and what's unique about this particular um, ghost town is so many structures that are still there. Plus there's nothing around it. Like there's no city around it. There's no, it's, it's really out there in the middle of nowhere. Right, Lauren? Yeah. 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 Middle of nowhere. I didn't realize Um, the last time we went out to visit you dad and I took a little side trip to Dillon, Montana to check out the um, was it the Patagonia outlet yeah yeah and had we known that we were like 30 miles from Dillon when you're at Bannock we probably would have added that to our little adventure too but we didn't we didn't do that I'm always so disoriented when I'm out in Montana I don't know where I am (laughs) So, um, so the, um, the way that we do our podcast is we post some pictures onto our Instagram, quiet shutter photo, and then we go through the photos and talk about the adventure behind the picture or the story behind the picture. And so Lauren is going to look at the pictures, um, tonight, and, uh, we're going to talk about our adventure at Bannock state park. And so the first picture is, um, A picture sort of a wide view of some of the buildings on the main street in Bannock. Um, And they, and they all look old and abandoned. Um, So I I guess I sent Lauren sort of a list of things to think about that we would talk about tonight, but I'm going to throw a new one at her. And um, (laughs) you had never been to Bannock state park before you went with us, correct?
1: Nope. That was my first time there as well. Have you been
0: to other ghost towns?
1: I haven't. Um, you know, they kind of say Bannock is the most intact ghost ghost town yeah. still. Um, I'd be interested in checking some of the other ones out, but no, this was my my first time. And
0: so now, when the term ghost town, I think on its basic level, just means a town that's deserted, that nobody's there. Doesn't necessarily or abandoned. Yep. But in this particular case, they and we'll talk about this in a few minutes. That. Some people believe Bannock is haunted. Now, um, a little side note, you did work at a place that's claimed to fame is that it's haunted when you were in college and you worked away for a summer. Can you tell us a little bit about, about where that was?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I worked at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Um, really old property, really old old hotel and a lot of history Um, actually when you start the job part of your training is to do a ghost hunt so um i don't know i don't know i didn't really experience anything there but some people were really hyped on it and and really did see and hear and feel presence of ghosts
0: um i don't know stephen
1: king that's where Stephen King uh, stayed while he wrote The Shining. There's one room in the hotel specifically that is like the haunted room and stayed there while he wrote the book. Um, so I went to, I went to the room once to deliver uh, room service and the people staying there were naked.
0: <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> that would be scary to deliver it was scary. I was worried. <laughs> I didn't know where to set the food. I was panicked. <laughs> completely naked or wrapped in the towel naked
1: you know the man had tiny underwear on and the woman was you know covered up to her neck in the blanket
0: so I can only assume sure sure yeah good enough Do <laughs> <I> do remember <laughs> you calling home and telling me about taking your mandatory mandatory ghost tour and that you made it I think to the music hall and that you had to take, make a quick diversion from the group and go to the bathroom. And while you were in a stall, the the whole group came into the bathroom because there's a ghost story that goes along with the bathroom.
1: Yeah. They, they also give you the option at one point to break away and go on with your night. And I think me and Molly were the only people who were over it. And everyone was whispering as we walked away. I, I can't believe they're leaving. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so i'm going to move on to the second picture in our group of pictures and this one is a i'm going to make it bigger on my computer screen this one is what probably was a white clabbered building um, two-story building Uh,
1: the dual purpose building
0: is definitely a dual purpose building so um, also note in the picture there's wooden sidewalks which i think is cool um Bannock definitely was your classic Western town, you know, Western gold rush town. Um, if you ever watched the series on HBO called Deadwood, Deadwood should have been filmed in Bannock, I think, because Bannock has just got all of those characteristics. And it has that colorful history of a gold rush town and all of the shenanigans that go along with it. But so this building, why don't you tell me what it is, Lauren? Lauren?
1: This building is a two-story building. Uh, the bottom level is uh, the old schoolhouse. And the second floor is, what is it? The Masonic?
0: Yeah, Masonic Temple or Masonic Hall. Yeah, what,
1: whatever those guys are up to.
0: The Masons, yes.
1: The, the Freemasons, the yes.
0: Freemasons. And, you know, if you look it up, there's lots of literature from the Freemasons that say they are not descendants of the Knights Templar um, but uh, you know I don't know
1: why do you have to why do you have to say it so much if you're yeah why do
0: you why do you have to say it so much um, and also so on the outside of the building the staircase to get to the um, masons' Hall is on the outside of the building so they didn't have to go in and disrupt the the school part of the building. The Masons actually built the building um, and they saw a need for a school in Bannock. So they generously built it so the school would be downstairs and their Mason's meeting room would be upstairs. So um, the first question that I sent to you earlier is, if you lived in Bannock in the late 1800s, would you rather have been a child that attended school there or a Freemason who attended meetings and took place in secret ceremonies upstairs?
1: Man, I think the secret ceremonies. I I want to know. I want to know what they're up to
0: up there. <laughs> I kind of want to know, too. I think it would have been pretty tough to be a child in Bannock, right? Yeah.
1: At first, I was like, maybe it would be fun to be a child in this town, but...
0: I, it was probably pretty harsh. I mean, I think it was extremely harsh. Yeah. Not that it wasn't, you know, in the 1800s, not that life wasn't probably harsh in a lot of places. But in Bannock, you know, in Montana and the, the I, winters, I, I mean, can't even imagine.
1: Um, yeah. Bannock,
0: let's see somewhere. I looked it up and, and what the the altitude is pretty good in Bannock in Boyden City. We're at 594 feet above sea level. But Bannock is 5,837. So even just in Bannock, before you climb any hills, it's at Mm -hmm. a pretty good altitude. So the winters probably came early and lasted late and probably were pretty harsh. It's kind of in a bowl. So I bet you the wind just drove right down that main street in town. Um, Yeah. In this picture, there are some, some kids that look like maybe middle school age.
1: Yeah, those are... little little punks that were running around.
0: <laughs> the punks. When we first got to Bannock, the, the man who caretaker of the park or or this you know the state employee, whatever he was, he welcomed us and he gave us a map of the of the of the buildings. Um, and then he said, You might want to get a head start. I'm expecting two school buses full of kids to come and do a tour mm-hmm. in about a half hour or so. Uh, you might, I think he was trying to say, you know, get a move on it and skedaddle before all these kids get here. And You're, not gonna
1: kids. Like You're not going to like it.
0: Not going to like it. Well, when those buses arrived, they opened the doors and those kids shot out of the bus like a bullet. They,
1: they never just, stopped
0: running. They never stopped running. I'll never forget. We were standing on the porch of one of the buildings and you were looking at the kids. We were all looking at the kids running all over the place. and um, And you said... Remember what it was like to just take off running and not even think about it.
1: We don't do that anymore.
0: Um, The kids all had a, um, like a treasure hunt. They had a paper, a scavenger hunt or a treasure hunt with questions. And they had to get through their, there probably was prizes, I bet, at the end of the day for who got the most right answers or whatever, but seemed like fun. Yeah,
1: they seemed to be having fun.
0: Um, let me see if I have any more fun facts about the schoolhouse um, I do have some fun facts about the Freemasons did you know that during the um, World War II and the Holocaust that Hitler targeted Freemason and what they the estimated that 80,000 to 200,000 Freemasons were murdered in the death camps that was a little factoid I did not know wow yeah
1: Maybe I wouldn't want to be a Freemason.
0: <laughs> well, not a Freemason in Europe anyways. Um, <sighs> 14 of our presidents have been Freemason. I can name them, but I don't think I'll do that. Other than maybe the <laughs> maybe the most recent ones. Um, let's see. Truman and Ford were the most recent um, presidents that were free, also Freemason. <laughs> um, the, um, here's another thing, which I think we read this when we were there. Um, when you go up the stairs, and you go inside and look at the Freemasons room, it's actually the only room in th- any of the buildings in Bannock that was like sectioned off with plexiglass so you could look but you couldn't go in right yeah they had, they had all of their. Paraphernalia, <laughs> all of their whatever, their scepters and their flags and their whatever. I don't know what all it is and what they're all for, but they that that's still an active Mason hall. Um, they no only way. yeah, they meet there once a year in September, and the mandate of that particular chapter is the to help with the preservation of Bannock. Okay, so, so that's kind of cool, but I bet, that is cool. I bet they still do their weirdo stuff. Definitely. You know, secret handshake and. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm going to go to the next picture, which you can describe the picture, Lauren.
1: The next picture is of the one and only hotel in Bannock, the Hotel Mead. It's a pretty large brick building, um, two stories lots of windows it looks like it has a you know upper viewing deck um it was a really impressive this was probably my favorite building
0: it was a cool building um the the mead hotel did not start out its life as a hotel um bannock for a hot minute was the um capital of the territory of montana and so it was built to be a courthouse in, in the beginning. Um, but it, it was an impressive, um, an impressive building. And I, I'm really drawn to the, the double deck front porch. And when I mentioned earlier, the series Deadwood, it, this building made me think of that a lot. Cause you can just picture somebody strutting around, lording over on that front deck and looking at, cause it's just the main street, you know, and the, wooden boardwalks and you could just stand out there and catch everything that was going on, who was drunk in the streets and who was shooting who and, <laughs> and all totally. of that stuff happened. Totally. Yeah. So um, you we'll know, quick switch to the very next picture. Cause it's a picture of inside the hotel need. Um, and it's um, a, I thought it was a pretty impressive curved grand staircase. And yeah this was sort of located at the front of the hotel but I yeah. think oh I'm trying to remember Lauren we got to the upstairs from a different staircase and then we came down this big staircase when we were done looking around upstairs right do you I remember
1: I think so I, I don't think this was the only staircase
0: yeah I think there was a back staircase um, so this is the building that most people claim is haunted oh so and i i think we did read a little bit about this when we were there but um so my question for you was do you think that the mead hotel is haunted definitely did you did you feel like it was creepy or weird when you were in it
1: yeah i mean out of all of the buildings i guess this one i would felt the most you know i think because it was inhabited the most there's probably I don't know you just I feel like there was a lot that went on in this building and you could definitely you had a sense of that
0: yeah the hotel rooms upstairs were really cool high ceilings not necessarily big they were bedrooms essentially because they did not have a bathroom attached to them there's a bathroom somewhere down or whatever which is common amongst hotels of that age but really high ceilings really high ceilings I love that
1: yeah, it was a gorgeous building. I mean...
0: Right. A lot of people talk about the front bedroom, which was probably the grandest bedroom, and it would have looked out onto that front balcony, and it was it's kept locked. And I remember that. I remember that I wanted to go in and look at that one because you could tell it was the most impressive room, but it was locked. And that's the room that everybody says is haunted. Oh. They, well, what the heck? The story is that a, a young girl drowned in the tailings pond. Now the tailings pond would be the water they used for sleuthing when they're trying to pan for gold. Mm-hmm. And um, the story is that she died in the, in the tailings pond, which I can't think of a worse way to go. That had to have been a muddy, gross.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that um, several people believe that they have either seen her looking out the front windows or they have heard her in the hotel and there's some ghost hunter outfit that actually went to the hotel meet and with their, you know, equipment. And if you search online, you can find a little recording where um, some man goes up and records and he says, I don't know. I think she's chicken. Are you a little chicken? And then you can hear a, a girl's voice responding. Now it's probably, you know, totally fabricated, but, it's creepy. It's creepy. I, Man, I, I wish I, they do the
1: plexiglass like the Freemasons for that bedroom.
0: I wish they would, too, and I'm not sure why that room is locked. It's probably, there's probably a real logical reason. Like, it's locked because it hangs over top of that front staircase, and it's not stable or something on that order. Yeah. So, that's probably the logical reason, but... A place like that, it never hurts to have a story, a ghost story (laughs) to go. But (laughs) I I do have to say when I was walking around in the upstairs, especially of the Hotel Mead, it it felt a little, um, I don't know if I never want to say that I feel ghosts because I don't, I'm not one to buy into that, but you sort of feel.
1: It had a different energy than maybe...
0: I like the word energy. It's like the energy of people who've gone before you. Like all of the yeah. things that, you know, all of the... Yeah,
1: you could definitely recognize that there'd there been a lot of people there and a, a lot had happened.
0: So the gentleman who bought the, ho- the... It was the courthouse. He bought it and he renovated it and turned it into the hotel. And he had a few good years. But the railroad came across the country... And um, by then, people had started to move out of Bannock because the gold had dried up. And so the railroad made it stop in Dillon instead of Bannock. And that killed everything. Because, you know, obviously people could get to Dillon. They couldn't get to Bannock as easily. So, so much for the hotel. What a shame. Yeah. And, you know, you've been to Dillon to go to the Patagonia shop. That's the Patagonia shop is the only thing in Dillon anymore. That's it seems like a ghost town all by itself as well.
1: Yeah, I'd like to spend more time in Dillon because it does have that like it is a cute little old town. It's got all those old neon signs. And I bet there's a little I bet there's a little more if you dug a little deeper in Dillon that,
0: you know, probably we parked across from the Patagonia store. And there was a defunct Chinese restaurant and an out-of-business pharmacy, and that's pretty much what I saw. Yeah. But the Patagonia store is amazing, and you can get amazing deals there. And there's so many people <laughs> who go to Dylan just for the Patagonia store.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Bannock says that they keep the buildings and the site in in a state of carefully preserved dilapidation. Yeah. So they're preserving it and they go in, make sure all the buildings are safe. Um, They're not going to fall over and people can go in and out of them, but they're not trying to restore them. So there's a difference between preserve and restore. Um, How did you feel? Did you feel like that's the right thing to do to just preserve them and let them be in their dilapidated state? Or did you wish that at least a few of the buildings were restored so you could see what they looked like in the 1800s? You know,
1: I don't know if any of them would need a full restoration, but some of them were in really bad shape. I mean, not, like, safety-wise, but some of those, like, homes that you would go into with the wallpaper all peeling off and, like, they could sweep out the corners.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) You know, like, keep them clean. They weren't clean and... I don't know, it would be nice. there there's some beautifully done things, like if you're looking at this photo of the front of the church, the the doorway and the window above the door is beautiful, and it it would be interesting to see that fully restored. but
0: yeah, the with... the church was actually in pretty good shape, I thought. Um, yeah And the church came along a little later. The story goes that um, a pastor, a Methodist pastor came to town. Um, and he he wanted he thought that the town needed a, a church. Now I don't know whether somebody asked him to come and you know start a church or whether he just on his own. But um, he he came to town and he went into the bar because of course a bar was more important than a church. So there was a bar at least one bar already there, probably more. <laughs> and he went into the bar. The bar was super busy. Tells the bartender, I'm a pastor. And I, I want to, I want to start a church here in Bannock. And so the bartender whistled, you know, like you would at a, you know, at a stadium and uh, tells (laughs) everyone to be quiet. And he gives the floor to pastor van who starts singing a song. uh, That was, I don't know if it was a religious song, but it was a song that was popular at the time. And everybody in the bar was so starved for entertainment and, um, and, you know, they didn't have music or they didn't have shows or anything. So they were so starved for some, some, something entertaining um, that they were just thrilled to hear him. And they they clapped and they begged him to sing more. And he spent hours in the bar singing songs for them.
1: <laughs> so someone and, someone get that man a piano and
0: someone build that man a church. <laughs> so that's what they did. So um, it's the Methodist Church was was built and a lot of the women in town were super thrilled, I think, to, that there was um, a church being built in Bannock.
1: Yeah, something else to do.
0: Something else to do, maybe a safe place to gather, you know, a place for women where they could kind of put their time in and do some things and take care of each other, take care of, you know, I imagine when your husband worked hard all day, panning for gold and then spent his <laughs> evening in the bar, it was probably a pretty lonely place to be.
1: Oh, Definitely
0: do you have that picture in front of you lauren
1: yeah yeah so it's a row of seats um wooden seats kind of that like movie theater style the fold down seats with the hard back they're wood with steel bottoms and they even have Yeah. yeah and they even have a spot to
0: hold your cowboy hat uh, that was the coolest thing. Lauren happened to be wearing her steps in that day. And did we discover the hat holder uh, under the seat before or after the school kids?
1: Before, because I think we had been like, what is this all about? And I,
0: my, made sense to you. How did you know? <laughs>
1: I mean, Wild West, you know, they're all in those hats, right? So it's not polite to wear your hat in church. And they, they had to have a solution.
0: So, yeah, so in this picture, Lauren has taken her Stetson and placed it in the hat rack that's under the seat in the in the row of chairs. I guess we could call this a pew in the church. It's genius. It is. It's so simple, too. I mean, it's just a a metal circle. Yeah, exactly. They probably made them out of coat hangers. Yeah, (laughs) I doubt it. So while we were in the church and Lauren had her hat under the chair... In comes a, a small group of the kids, and they've got their little paper treasure hunt uh, going, and they they've got a um, clue to find, uh, or they have to figure out what the wire is under the chairs. I don't remember how it was worded, but I, mean, Lauren already had her hat all set up there, so those kids got points right off the bat. They're probably
1: the only set of kids who got it right.
0: I betcha. I bet that's. I bet that's true. So that was probably the most impressive thing for me. And so the church was pretty inside, but it was definitely bare bones, right? It was not Oh yeah, tight.
1: there was not much going on.
0: The bar comes is our next picture. Um this this bar is beautiful.
1: The bar is incredible. It's it's too bad the rest of the building is in shambles. Um but it I guess it really does make the bar itself stand out. Yeah, well
0: um, that's true do you remember the other thing that was in this building it's not in this picture there was a piece of furniture there was wasn't there a piano uh, I I don't remember if there was a piano but there was a weird piece of furniture
1: oh was it that weird barber's chair
0: it was a barber's chair it was so weird it was this <laughs> old old barber chair with the foot rests and the reclining back and you know the kind where you'd go in and get a hot shave you know that it was really old and it was really in bad shape but it was set up in the corner of the bar I don't know if that's where it lived its whole life but that's where it was (laughs)
1: yeah yeah man if this bar could tell you stories I bet
0: oh my goodness um there are you know so many stories about Bannock when you see a movie about old gold rush towns and the lawlessness of the west That was totally Bannock in real life. Um, There are stories about the sheriff being um, not only a sheriff, but he was also, oh goodness, um, what they called a um, highway highwayman, Or there was a name for um, people who would go out at night and they would rob people who were traveling by by horse wagon or you know oh yeah and and the sheriff doubled as one of those he was sheriff of bannock but then he would go out and rob people <laughs> 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 in his little posse of men his,
1: his side hustle
0: yeah it was his side hustle <laughs> a little micro business <laughs> it was separating people from their wealth so he became pretty hated and um Bannock had an uh, area just outside of town which we didn't bother to go to but the running kids (laughs) the running all over kids went (laughs) to the gallows which was like uh, out of town a little bit up on a little bit of a hill
1: yeah and
0: and Bannock was pretty famous for hanging people that yeah and they would give them like a a little fake kind of a, a day in court and uh, and then they would ride them out to the gallows, which was a couple of poles with a crossbar and they would hang them. So eventually um, the town vigilantes caught up with the mayor who was robbing people on the side in his group. And they they drug him back to town and they gave them the the fake day in court. And then they took him out to the gallows and the sheriff begged for his life. And when he realized that it was pointless, he told them to give him a good jerk so that it went fast. (laughs) Jeez. Hard to even imagine. Wild, wild west. It was the wild, totally it was the wild west. There was, um, in this picture of the bar, Lauren has actually stepped behind the bar and she's moving as I was taking the picture. So it almost gives her a little ghost appearance. Did you notice that in the picture, Lauren?
1: Yeah. Full ghost. Man, the, the bar is huge i bet you could get 15 people because it goes ex, ex, extends past the photo it was it was big
0: yeah and the bar is really you can tell it's really heavy and sturdy it's got um, really decorative molding around the top and uh, it's got these little columns that are also very highly decorative it's in it's in bad shape but it's i mean it's needs refinishing but it's not in bad shape as in all of the parts are still there and it's not the wood isn't separated doesn't look like to me it just looks gorgeous and when I see that when I was looking back at these pictures this is the picture that actually made me think and, and do I really like that they're just keeping it in um, right you know not they just
1: don't make things like this anymore either you know I,
0: like they would pre- I wish they would do more than just preserve it I wish they would restore it this particular building because you know this was probably this and the church were probably the two hubs of the town
1: yeah well in the jail
0: we walked in and out of this the bar a couple times and one time i walked in and it was full of the the touring school children and the gentleman who was running the park was telling them a tale or telling them a story of bannock and he was quite the storyteller and the story he was telling was about some scoundrel that lived in town and um he was just awful and the town retaliated against him eventually and they they shot him and no they strung him they shot him and then they strung him up in the gallows and then they took his body after they knew he was fully dead and they threw his body into his little house his little homestead and they set the homestead on fire so that he would burn
1: very dramatic.
0: They wanted him dead. They dead, were dead. sick of that guy. <laughs> they were sick of that guy. But then once the ashes cooled from burning down his house, they sifted through the ashes to find his gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, and this is <laughs> evidently a well-documented true story. So this, this is just, and I think they, they found him, you know, where they ended up collecting him was at the bar before they started killing him in every way they could think of. <laughs> Hmm. yeah the, i wish that they would restore the bar for sure yeah it, definitely it's very cool um so on to the next picture oh lauren and Co- lauren and uh bill did not behave well in the bar and they ended up in jail <laughs> the jail <laughs> so bill, the jail was, you know, was creepy
1: the jail yeah. is looks like built out of logs um it's got the uh the grass ceiling going um, so, sod roof sod roof um, really big iron bars uh, across the windows across the windows but those are the only two windows in the whole thing so if the sun at one point of the day is maybe in there but um uh, and I think it had even just dirt dirt floors I mean
0: I have to be honest I did not go inside <laughs> of this building. <laughs>
1: That yep. was also one of those, those, you know, the hotel, you felt that little energy also yeah. kind of felt that in the jail. Um,
0: I, yeah, I, I, this was really low, a low ceiling building too, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, would be pretty miserable to have been thrown in there.
0: Yeah, it almost felt like it was like built into the ground. Yeah. Um And so the two windows are in the front. And I'm just noticing now that above the door that goes into and also the door didn't fully open because the dirt has you know built up around it. You have to kind of squeeze yourself to get in there, which creeped me out even more. (laughs) (laughs) But there's like a little vent above the door. Like, there must have been a problem with ventilation. Maybe the people who they threw in there were really stinky. And
1: Well, you know they were really stinky. Come on.
0: <laughs> and they probably had a lot of people in. This is a tiny little building, but I bet they had a lot of people in there at any given time. Yeah. So this picture is funny. I hope you get a chance to look at it because Lauren is looking um, through the window on the left-hand side. And she's doing the side, the side eyes thing. She's looking straight. Her head is straight ahead, but her eyes are looking off to the right-hand side pretty intently. And Bill's in the window on the right-hand side. And he's just casually leaning on the edge of the window, looking <laughs> out like he's one of those criminals that's too cool for words. And don't worry, my gang's going to spring me out of here tonight. And yeah. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah, the jail was... The jail was fascinating also and creepy for sure. Pretty creepy. So what do you think dad did to get thrown in jail at Bannock?
1: Oh man, probably mouthed off to someone in the bar, the wrong person.
0: Oh, he would definitely say the wrong thing at the wrong time. That's actually dad and I both are famous for that. (laughs) (laughs) Making a derogatory joke to somebody who's got something, a personal stake in the in the butt of the joke and I was like "Yeah, said that to the wrong person <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to put all those school kids in the bar and shut in the jail <laughs> me too to see what happened there
1: hey you guys want to see why don't you race to
0: the jail let's race to the jail <laughs> there was um, a cemetery that was at the top of the little hill outside of town also which probably would have been really fascinating but we, didn't, we weren't up for it. We didn't climb the hill. It was spitting rain a little bit that day. That's going to be my excuse. There was a little <laughs> bit of spitting rain. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, on to the next picture. This might be our last picture. And this is one of my favorites. So, this is a picture of Lauren. Poor Lauren. Whenever she goes anywhere with her mom and dad, who come festooned with... Uh, a myriad of cameras and a variety of lenses we wear in backpacks on our back everywhere we go. So Lauren has to pose (laughs) and be a model for many of our photos. And I, I wanted to get a picture of at least one sample. And I think if I go through all of my pictures, I've got a lot of pictures of that show the different wallpaper in the different buildings in Bannock. But this particular one was in pretty good shape. And I think you and I both Lauren, we kind of like this print.
1: Yeah, I loved all the wallpaper. So the wallpaper came when all of the the hippies lived there, right? after
0: I, I think the wallpaper was the thing almost from the beginning. you think? I do. Yeah it,
1: I mean there were layers and layers of it. so
0: So in some of them you could really see the incarnations of wallpaper. So the buildings, some of them were were just logs, of course, log on the inside, log on the outside. But some of them had um, the lath boards and the plaster, which would be the first layer. And then evidently in the beginning time of wallpaper, you would paste a linen fabric like a cheesecloth on the wall first. Mm-hmm. And then you would put the glue on and put the decorative wallpaper. And then as years go by, people would put more and more wallpaper. And you could see in many of those buildings Four, five, six layers of different kinds of wallpaper. Really cool. Yeah, and I wonder even if they felt like it helped to seal the house, and because some of them, you know, some of the literature on the buildings talk about in the winter how the snow would blow through the house and it would be so cold. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it's so a lot of the buildings, the wallpaper is curling off, like I said, layer after layer, and. I think it's pretty tempting for some people to just rip a little bit off and take it home with them. Don't you think that happens a lot?
1: Yeah, I hope not. I hope people are.
0: I hope not too. But you know what happens?
1: I know there's a lot of bad apples out there.
0: Um, This is the last question I wrote. Do you think that you were born in the right generation? Looking at this picture made me think of this question because even though you have your funky sunglasses on, you've got your Stetson on and you just look so at home with that old wallpaper behind you. Do you feel like you were born in the right generation or do you feel that you identify more with another time period?
1: Hmm. You know, this generation is proving to be kind of a bummer. Um, (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I am fascinated with the, the past and, the clothes and the wallpaper and the I don't know I think not so much the gold rush era um, I think that that's a maybe more more of a harsh way of living than I would have been up for uh, yeah. but I don't know I think you know late 70s and 80s were a cool time and
0: so mostly, mostly I'm in it
1: for the clothes I think I that's was
0: gonna say if you look at this picture closely do you have this picture up in front of you yeah. So if you were to unzip your jacket, it looks like you have a vintage top on. Yeah. Do you know, do you recognize what top that is?
1: Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know, it's probably early 90s,
0: honestly. It's like, uh, right. or like 1970 to me. Yeah. It's, well, it's definitely those colors
1: and the, it's like the geo pattern. It's, yeah. I'm a
0: sucker for a good old pattern. So do you think that, the 1970s era would have been more your era or I think
1: so the music and the clothing and yeah I think so
0: I I but also things
1: were a little bit of a bummer then too
0: so you were probably born in the right generation but you do have a good appreciation for the style of other generations
1: yeah and I just I don't think things are made well anymore I think that Um, things are even more so about profit and fast cash. And there's not that um, passion behind things like clothes aren't made to quality anymore. And, you know, like you don't see bars with all that intricate design, like the
0: Bannock bar had even. I agree. I, you're right. Even the humblest homes in Bannock, you could tell that they had taken the time to have a little bit of style. Either it was their wallpaper or there was ornate moldings in, you know, wood yeah. moldings around in their homes, or even just look at all those different um, fireplaces, the, the pot belly stoves and whatnot, all of them had, you know, they were cast iron and they all had intricate designs in them. I think there was a more appreciation for, for good style.
1: Good style and good product. And I also just think people had more time on their hands perhaps and, or were willing to put more time into a project and and wanted to do things they'd really be proud of. Uh,
0: well, Lauren, it's been really good chatting with you for our podcast. And we have many adventures we've taken with you. So we'll do this again with another topic. Great. Um, so actually, um, I'm going to flashback just a little bit to what we were talking about a, a few minutes ago about the vigilantes who captured the sheriff and his posse. Yeah. And and strung them up, one of the men who was in charge of that vigilante group became the first superintendent of Yellowstone National Park. Wow. Isn't that
1: crazy? That is crazy.
0: So he had a history of hanging people, (laughs) and and then he was the first superintendent of one of our most precious national parks in the country. So that's pretty fascinating. (laughs) So, (laughs) I think another time we should talk about Yellowstone National Park. Oh, yeah. Probably do so many podcast episodes that talk about Yellowstone because it's such a spectacular place. But we can't do it without you because you're usually with us and you are the one who introduced us to Yellowstone. So put that on your calendar for another date. Definitely. Thank you for taking an hour out of your time and waiting to have dinner to talk with me tonight. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. I love you.
1: Love you too. All
0: right. Bye-bye. Bye.